I read a tweet just the other day about how someone they they wrote a thousand songs only to get ten good ones or something like that. And so the thing that I will have to remind myself is it's going to be consistency over time. That's what produces results. And you look at any professional sports player, um, anyone who is an artist, any it's not like anybody is an overnight success. There is so much backstory to what they're doing and what they're going through and how they're investing in themselves. Seth Godin, he talks about just the act of creating and the, the fact that you've got to not be a perfectionist about what you do and just actually do it. I can't remember what book he was referencing, but he was saying about how quickly they wrote the book. And it's not because they're a genius. It's just because they had the habit of writing. Hey there, this is Jeremy Pickwell, and you're listening to Wandering Your Way. All right. How you doing, Noah? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing great, and um, thanks for being here again. Of course. And thanks for all the work that you do on the podcast. Most people don't know this, but you do all the fancy stuff behind the scenes. It's the fun stuff is what it is. Pushing all the buttons. I have a good friend of mine who loves to say, wherever you go, there you are. Always, we always laugh every time he says it because it's the silliest quote ever. Probably someone really profound said that and he just made it kind of funny. But uh, one of the things I wanted to do today was introduce myself because we kind of just jumped right into the podcast to talk about depression. We uh, talked last week um, about, what did we talk about last week? I've already slept since then. Risk. Risk, thank you. Dreaming. Talked about that, but no one knows who I am. Why should you listen to this uh, goofball behind a microphone uh, on your run or on your commute to work or whatever the case may be? So I wanted to introduce myself a little bit. My name's Jeremy. I have been married since 2003, and it's always easier to tell people when you got married, not tell people how long you've been married, because you get in trouble if you do that. Who do you get in trouble by? Well, you 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 get in trouble because you say, I've been married for 15 years, and then you realize that's wrong. And that's you don't want to do that. So I've been married since 2003. And ergo, I don't have to do the math. See, this is why uh, you're smarter than I am, because yeah. I, I would not... I, I feel like the same thing with kids. I'm like, I can't remember. But actually, it's the reverse. I can remember their age, but I can't remember their date of birth ever. <laughs> And so I got all these forms that I have to fill out, and it's like, all right, date of birth. Fortunately, I always check plane tickets, so plane tickets is a way of helping me to remember. So in my phone, I have a contact for Wyatt and a contact for Weston that has their date of birth and their social security number. Uh, You shouldn't be telling people that on the radio. Yeah, so anyway. (laughs) um, Yeah, I've been married since 2003. I am from East Tennessee, so right now we're in the great middle Tennessee area. In fact, it's the geographical center of the state of Tennessee, Murfreesboro. We moved here from December via Fredericksburg, Virginia. I was actually born in East Tennessee. It's a spot called Kingsport, Tennessee. Um, Literally means the King's Port. There's a Holston River runs through there, and there was a, um, they they would accept uh, barges and things there. And that's how I got the name. Eastman Chemical Company is pretty much what makes that city run. Ended up going to um, 
college to get my music degree um, in 1995. You just you, you just broke your own rule. You uh, should have said when you graduated. Yeah, when I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Very true. You and I both went to the same college. Yep. Um, not at the same time. Nope. Got my music degree. Ended up in Texas, a place north of Houston called Conroe, Texas. So if you're ever from Houston, it everybody thinks that Texas is uh, uh, hot, but it's a dry heat, not Houston. It is humid. It's it's hot and humid. That's that's what we would always say. And it's uh, it's called the Bayou City, and so there's just a lot of water there, and it's close to the ocean. So it was just always humid. Um, but I was there from 2001 to, uh, 2005. I was at a church there, small Baptist church that really started to grow. Then that was my first ministry experience, paid ministry experience. Lots of infighting started happening, threats against the pastor, threats against the pastor's wife. It was a blast. There was one, one night that during a business meeting, which I don't know if you've ever been to a church oh, business meeting. Oh, yeah. Um, we all resigned on the same night. The oh, senior gosh. pastor, um, myself as the music guy, and my best friend as the youth pastor, we're all like, uh, we're, we're not doing this. We ended up starting a church, and uh, I was there from that church start from 2002 to 2005. So that's where actually where I learned how to lead worship. That's kind of my how that that's kind of my thing in ministry was I, I was a worship leader. So I had to learn how to play guitar and everything like almost within two weeks. Um, I had been playing around with guitar, but I didn't, I never did it behind a microphone singing at the same time. So that was fun. You lead worship, don't you? Yeah. Have. Yeah. I, <laughs> I have similar stories, not similar stories, not even close. Um, yeah, I actually was a paid worship leader for all of two weeks. Um, <laughs> Good at, track record. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> uh, and that closed the church. <laughs> the church literally closed its doors yeah, after two awful. weeks of me being on staff. And so that was really fun. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I like playing guitar. And the first time and last time I heard myself sing as an adult, I, yeah, I said it was, this is probably not for me. I think I'll stay behind a <laughs> guitar. And the funny thing is, uh, that's been affirmed by other people. So I just know that it's my time for singing is, uh, is not it. But you know what's awesome is you can lead worship from wherever you are and your instruments can be a guitar, could be a piano, there you are. could be a keyboard. See, wherever you go, so, there you are. Yeah. Little story about how I met my wife. So my wife's Jennifer, Jennifer Lee Ann, and um, she was going to school at Lee University here in Tennessee. And I was in Houston or Conroe. Actually, I was in Montgomery, which is uh, even smaller than Conroe. So it Montgomery, Texas is um, where the men are men and the women are too. Nah, not really. But it it's just very Western, um, stereotypical I mean, cowboys had a guy that would <clears throat> come through the drive-thru on a horse to make his deposit at the bank. 
and he would have his McDonald's drive-through in his right hand and his deposit in the left hand. And that's not an exaggeration. Anyway, so I was there. I remember 2003. It was Valentine's Day. I was sitting in my apartment in Conroe. And I had a friend of mine reach out to me and say, hey, my best friend just got stood up for Valentine's Day. She's a Christian. You're a Christian. Y'all would be great for each other, which is code for she's got a great personality. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so that's what I believed. Emailed her, and this is before you could text. Emailed her and said, hey, Abby told me to uh, reach out to you. You can reply back if you want to. You don't have to. It was really heartfelt. And um, she emailed back, and then I emailed, and then she emailed. And then remember Instant Messenger? You could see when someone was online and the little window yeah, would pop up, and you could talk to each other. So we started in that. And um, then we had a phone call, and um, I went. Uh, sh- I, she came down to visit um, in April, I think. Yeah, it was in April because it was right around Easter. Um, and then I went to Knoxville uh, to visit her and proposed. So it was three months from the first email to proposing. Our parents thought we were crazy. Actually, my parents, they were probably glad to hear me stop whining about finding a wife. But um, it's, a, it's like a whole uh, you've got mail situation. It was it's very really much like that. <laughs> we love that movie. And um, and then three months later in August, we, we got married. So it was six months total. Um, my more colorful way of, of telling the story is that we met on the Internet, but she hates that. So I won't say that we met on the Internet. We met via a mutual friend and email um but she, so while, while I was in Texas um I met my wife and, and got married and then in 2005 we went to um Liberty University to get my master's and ran into a good friend um Pastor Daniel Floyd and there was a group of people in Fredericksburg um actually Spotsylvania. So if you ever watched Gone with the Wind, they actually mentioned Spotsylvania and Gone really? with the Wind. Yeah, they do. That's interesting. Um, and uh, big Civil War area, area, lots of battlefields. And um, so he, they asked him to come up and preach on the weekends, and um, he invited me to come up and lead worship. And so that's how I started a ministry in Fredericksburg. So we, we would actually drive up on Fridays, have meetings with leaders on Saturdays, have church on Sunday, go to a um, cheap Mexican restaurant, and then try not to fall asleep driving back to Lynchburg. Yeah, two and a half hours. So we did that for a year, and um, church went from 50 people to 6,000 people, and that's how I met you. Um, it was You were on staff there. And then, um, so now I'm here. So I was at, I was at Life Point in Fredericksburg for 15 years, Um and now, now I'm here in Murfreesboro and um, got two amazing boys. Uh, Wyatt Lee is going to be 14 in June and Weston Liam just turned 12. Um, little factoid, they're both IVF babies. Um, my wife and I had um, really difficult times having, having kids. Um, spent a small fortune just to have those two boys. And, um, so like 
people who go through an infertility and things like that, and my, my heart goes out to them because we know what that journey's like. Um, we know what we know what heartbreak feels like. We know what the struggle feels like. Um, but we just, you know, ethically, we just said, okay, well, we're going to do this, and if we end up having twelve babies, we're going to have have twelve kids. We're ready to have a bus full. And um, we have White and Weston, which are um, more than enough for us. Um, and now we, last part of my introduction to who I am, we have Dolly the Golden Doodle. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, she is. She's down there greeting you as you walked in. My, my wife is a complete nut of Dolly Parton. She loves Dolly Parton. That's kind of what led us here our journey of, of leading us to Tennessee is we were in Virginia for so long, but we never felt like Tennessee was not home to us. Um, we love Tennessee. We, uh, everything about Tennessee, we would follow. Um, I don't know if you remember, somebody's at my front door. I don't know if you remember the, um, uh, the wildfires that happened yes. at the Great Smoky Mountains and, and Pigeon Forge and Dollywood and all that. Well, we watched that like every day, you know, gave towards that relief fund, um, followed all things Dolly Parton always, um, was completely heartbroken when Pat Summit died. I mean, just like everything, we, everything Tennessee, we'd go to Tennessee game every year. Um, so when, when we knew that God was calling us to start a church, we've always been told that you're called to a person or you're called to a city. And, um, we, didn't know the city quite yet, but we knew for sure that it was going to be in Tennessee. Um, we just, we, our heart was already here and, uh, it was just a matter of figuring out where God wanted us to land. It's good. All right. So now, now I've got to, uh, I got to ask this because I've heard this multiple times. My experience in Texas was very different. I, uh, led worship with a friend of mine and it was like, I think I we drove through Dallas and I saw like the the Texas instruments whatever that was which was like this ginormous I wouldn't even say it's a building it was like multiple buildings that were ginormous I didn't realize calculators were that like, <laughs> it was kind of crazy. Okay, so here's the question. If you want to know more about Texas Instrument, ask me towards the end of this. I'll okay. give you a funny story. All right. So, here's my question. So, somebody told me that Tennessee is many Texas. Yeah, true well, yeah, or false? totally. Um, yeah, so there, without question, Texas is very proud of itself, mm-hmm. um, and that's fine. I mean, it, it it was the Lone Star State, and the reason it's Lone Star State is for. And I'm tell me if I get my history mixed up, please don't email me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was its own country mm-hmm. for a period of time, and. Um, it when you when you drive in to Texas, you have these billboards that talk about that basically are wrapping their advertising around the idea that you're in Texas. Mm-hmm. And when they say everything's bigger in Texas, it's true. Like everything's huge in Texas. The malls are huge in Texas. The the roads. If everybody would build a road like Texas builds a road, they have these roads uh, that right are, next to roads. Yeah, they're, yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, you have access roads. Yes. I love the access roads. But then on the country roads, you have, they're called FM, like FM 2854 is one that was in Montgomery. And it's a two-lane road with massive shoulders. So what do you do going down the road? 
if someone pulls up behind you, you pull over into the shoulder and you let them pass. That's how life should work. And not anywhere else in the country. No, we've got these little two inch shoulders. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're having to drive on a head on traffic trying to pass somebody. <laughs> so uh, they, they get they they get that right. So, yes, they're very proud of themselves. Uh, you know, that's why they say don't don't mess with Texas. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work for any other state. You don't see a billboard that says don't mess with Connecticut. Right. You know, I'm sure you're proud of your state of Connecticut, but it doesn't have the prowess of of Texas. And, um, of course, with Tennessee, there is very much a connection between the two because of the Alamo. Um, more the people, Alamo? What do you mean? Uh, the, the movie? Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, I love please, history. No, yeah. <laughs> um, so more, more Tennesseans died in the Alamo uh, than any other, any other state. I did not know that, actually. Yeah, I want to say more Tennesseans than Texans died. I, I could be wrong about that. But, I mean, that's why Tennessee is called the volunteer state. And so now that you're in Tennessee, you can see there's a there's definitely a pride and an identity to Tennessee, and I I think it's unique. I mean, I lived in Virginia for 15 years. There was no I'd never noticed like, hey, we're Virginia, and Virginia was a beautiful state. Of course, Jennifer, uh, Virginia's for lovers. Mm-hmm. I, I never understood. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Anyway, um, but there's definitely um. There's definitely a, a, a connection, a, a connection, and a pride. Both both states are very uh, proud to be who they are, mm. which I think is cool. Something you failed to mention too is you taught classes. You taught a leadership class, and I actually spoke with a friend of mine who yesterday who was in your leadership class, and he said how impactful that was to him and his life experience. So let me ask you, that was one of your favorite things. I yes. remember you saying that. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, what was the big thing that you took away from doing that? Because you, you kind of got that off the ground, right? Yeah, so we called it the Leadership Lab. Um, it, um, we, I, I, I completely modeled it off of a leadership program I went through in Fredericksburg uh, through the Chamber of Commerce. Called, uh, it's called Leadership Fredericksburg. So if you're in the Virginia area in the Fredericksburg um regional chamber of commerce that's something you need to look into is um is leadership fredericksburg it was a great program it was competitive so you had to apply um when i got out of it i was actually on i i i was voted on as class president um i don't think i was a very good class president but i i was very happy to accept and um because of that i would help make the decisions on who got in the next year. Oh, cool. And so the, they would have a selection committee. So it was, it was competitive um, and it was long. So it was like an, a full day on Friday once a month for nine months. So I knew people couldn't do that at the church I was at. And so what we did is we did a, I think we did two hours every Wednesday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night. I don't even remember what night it was. Could have mm-hmm. been Monday night. It was, it was a week night. It was two hours. Um, for uh, every week, the same night for nine months. And it was competitive-based, so we had people apply. I want to say it was 500 bucks, But the reason I charged was because I provided food for them every week. We got them in kind of like my leather bag there. We got them in a nice satchel. Uh, we got them a nice pen. We got them all the books. I'm a big proponent in reading 
And we're going to do another podcast, maybe the next one, just about um, how I like to digest information um, because I think everybody should be learners. Um, I'm not going to try to manipulate scripture to um, prove my point. I think everybody just knows that you, you should constantly be growing and, and learning. Um, so I did that, and it was based off of a, a bunch of books that um, uh, that were very impactful. I had people give um, give a five minute testimony. I had people give a fifteen minute message. So we helped them in like crafting. How do you craft a message? We helped them learn how to give feedback. That was probably one of my favorite things about it. Was we would do like someone would give their testimony. And then someone would give their um, message, and I was like, "All right, feedback." And everybody's like, "Oh, that was really great. That was really good." And I'm like, "That's not feedback." Mm-hmm. So I was like, "All right, feedback. Um, really like the content. You know, you kind of started slow here. Like, I would help them like sh- understand. Okay, what is constructive and helpful feedback? Mm-hmm. Because the whole point was to get better at it. Um, the most impactful thing about that was just the people and just the consistency of it and. I didn't think it was all that special, honestly. Um, and I think that a lot of times when you invest in something like that, you, uh, as the leader, you, you're like, I don't wonder if anything, anybody's getting anything out of it. But, you know, I look at, I think I know who you're talking about and just a great man of God he is. And um, there's other people that um, that I look at throughout LifePoint now that went through that program that are on staff um, or they're leading in, in respected areas. So um, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, so thanks for asking. Well, I think, <laughs> I was away from the microphone for a minute. I think um, it does seem to me, in my life experience and just thoughts on this, is that intentionality means everything. If the intention, just making time for those guys and those, those women, because um, I think, uh, Dorothy was one of the people that were in that class too. Dorothy Holland, do you remember her? Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. So I was yes. I was leading her at that time. Um, she was one of my guest services people, and she uh, she was always coming back with new information that was challenging me as a leader because I was like, oh, I don't know. I was I, everything <laughs> everything for me was like right right off the hip. So she's like, well, what about this? I read this in Fifth Discipline, which if you haven't <laughs> read this book, I'm telling you, big book. Um, I actually tried to do the cliff notes and felt overwhelmed. Um, mm, so anyway, it's a tough book. Uh, no, it's it's good because. But I thought I thought to myself in that context, you made intention, you made time for those people, and you put together a program. And it feels like you know. Sometimes I think for me, I go, "This isn't as good as I thought it was. This isn't as good as I wanted it to be." I thought that there would be more people. I thought. But the fact that you put energy to something and made it intentional also creates impact sometimes. I'm not saying always, but what do you think about that? I think it's consistency over time. Mm -hmm. I think it really is. And I I have to remind myself, because as a church planner, we've not even started yet. I don't think we have. Um, I'll say that we've started on August 8th. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's when we opened the doors on a Sunday morning. And uh, 2021. In case anybody's listening to this in two, <laughs> two three years from now. Um, I So the thing that I will have to remind myself is it's going to be consistency over time. And um, that's what produces results. And you look at any professional sports 
player, um, anyone who is an artist, any, it's not like anybody is an overnight success. There is so much backstory to what they're doing and what they're going through and how they're investing in themselves. And, um, <clears throat> I read a tweet, um, just the other day about how someone, they, they wrote a thousand songs only to get 10 good ones or something like that. It's just the, it's the act of doing something over and over and over that allows you to be, to be good at it. Um, Seth Godin. So we're going to get into this, I think on the next podcast, just about podcasts to listen to, but he talks about just the act of creating and, um, uh, the, the fact that you've got to not be a perfectionist about what you do and just actually do it. And can't remember what book it was. Um, it could have been To Kill a Mockingbird. It wasn't To Kill a Mockingbird. I can't remember what book he was referencing, but he was saying about how quickly they wrote the book. And it's not because they were a genius. It's just because they had the habit of writing. And... Um, I think that's important. It's just consistency. It's just doing it. And if you consistently do it over time, not really worried about the uh, the product, if I can say it that way. So let's take working out, for example. If you work out and you go and you measure your bicep afterwards, you're, you're doing it wrong, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't look at the end result as you're doing it because you're not going to see it. It's over time, and us humans are so bad about seeing things in the future, and that's why we're bad at investing, and that's why we're bad at saving, because we're very much instant gratification people. So you got to let that go, and you got to just do something consistently over time, and that will that is the thing that will produce results. That's really good. Parenting, leadership, business. That's why you think you're never doing a good job as a parent, because you can't see it um, in the moment. You will see it later on in life. So, uh, all right. So now let's, uh, let me ask you what listeners I think really, really like the, the, the nitty gritty. Favorite TV show? Oh, favorite TV show? <sighs> and if I, you say Gilmore Girls, I'm just going to. No, cut this I don't right know now. if I have a favorite. Right now I'm watching The Chosen. I can't get enough of that. Um, Such a Christian. Listen, I, I'm going to alienate so many people. My wife and I are about to finish the office. Um, it's okay. It's not, oh. it's okay. It's not like changed my life. Um, I don't know. I'm with with TV shows like that, though, let me, I do think that there's something about watching it as it's going and then trying to rewatch a show that you, or watch a show that you've never seen before that everybody loved. It's like, eh, it's fine. Seinfeld, man. To me, Seinfeld was the Seinfeld was awesome. I, I loved Seinfeld. I loved Lost. Um, but yeah, we've not been very much glued to a TV show like we. I think Lost is the last time that we were like, "It's Thursday, we got to watch." Oh, Lost. I remember that yeah. very well. All and, right, favorite movie. This oh, is the spitball round. So favorite movie. Um, I love The Martian. Love it. Um, I'm a child of the '80s. I love Goonies. It's great. Um, I love World War Z. Um, so there you go. That's a, that's good. Favorite band. Favorite band. Um, I, I have to go with you too. 
Really? Yeah, I grew up with you two, and they're still blues. producing stuff. Yeah, that's true. So, and my favorite musician is Eric Clapton. Okay, there we go. I yeah. knew there was, there was some blues in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. good. Uh, let's see here. Favorite vacation spot? Ooh, I'm a mountain guy. Okay. Yeah. We, if I could go back to anywhere in the country, it'd be Yosemite. Oh, yeah, that's right. I knew you were out west somewhere. Yeah. That's good. If anybody that is listening wants to buy me a camper. I knew that was the next. Yeah. We're going to actually have a GoFundMe page. <laughs> we sold our camper a couple of years ago, and we took our we had a fifth wheel, and we took it to 13 national parks. I had a six-week um, sabbatical. Went from Virginia all the way to California and back, hit 13 national parks. One of my favorite memories ever. Loved it. Yeah, that, I would I would love that. I think all the pictures on your walls represent yes. the awesome times. Yeah, you're times looking you around had. at all these right now. All right, favorite. Let's let's do favorite book of the Bible. I'm just kidding. Uh, favorite book. Let's do favorite book dude, first. Sh- um, if I had to pick a, um, a favorite book that I read over and over, it'd be The Normal Christian Life by Watchman Nee. Great. Um, it's, uh, it's not a leisure book by any means, but it's fantastic. I started reading Watchmen Nee, and I feel a little overwhelmed. It's it like took me like ten minutes to get yeah, through it's, two pages. It's, yeah, well, the reason is because it's uh, it's being translated from Chinese, so it's a little it reads a little funny. And that's why his last name's. Nee. I was wondering. I'm like, oh my goodness, what an interesting name. Anyway, um, okay, favorite favorite verse. Let's do that. Eight thirty eight and thirty nine of Romans. For I'm persuaded neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay. All right. Favorite preacher? Ooh. I can't give you that one. <laughs> the reason is, is because I love, I love the practicality of Andy Stanley mm-hmm. um, and how he prepares for a message. Um, I love the... Um, I love the weight of people like David Cassidy and uh, Alistair Begg. Um, I love how St- uh, Pastor Stephen Furtick can um, lead you to the point where that he's trying to get you to. Um, so I'm I'm very eclectic when it comes to preachers. Good. All right. Favorite. Let, let's just. I'm gonna throw this one out, and I, and then we'll uh, we'll probably transition, but. My question would be, what's your favorite brand? Is there a brand that you're loyal to? Like you're like, this is the, this, they do well. They do great quality. Uh, okay. This, uh, uh, Apple, of course, I have a lot of Apple yeah. stuff. I am a Chevy guy. Oh, wow. I'm a GM Chevy guy. I, I love their products. I do. I love the trucks. I love the SUVs. I'm used to the, User interface when I sit in one of those, when I sit into a, 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 a Dodge or a Ford or something like that, I feel like I'm in, I feel like I'm in a, a, some other, someone else's spaceship. I don't know what all the buttons do. <laughs> so you, you got to ride my Armada sometime. It, I, so I have a 2015 Nissan Armada and I don't know what they were thinking. There are a million buttons to do one function mm-hmm. instead of like, like, you know, a, a wheel that you, does more. You got to be nice things. about Nissan. You know why? I don't know why, but they're right up the road here. Oh, I loved, I actually love it. I think it's reliable. It's a great car, but like I have never in my life seen so many buttons 
like I, I get overwhelmed and I, I love choices, but after a while I'm like, this is ridiculous. So, so um, you want to, how about we wrap this up today mm-hmm. and let's continue this next week cause I'm enjoying this. And I want to talk a little bit more about like um, this idea of being a, being curious. That's what I want to get into. Thank you very much. All right. Hey, thanks for listening to Wandering Your Way. Do me a favor. Would you uh, share this with your friends and your family? Would you follow this on whatever you listen to your podcast? And then make sure you like it and rate it. That helps us out going forward. 